This work really is about our resilience through and beyond trauma, right? About how we can continue not merely just to survive, but to thrive and how we can bring all of our relatives along on that journey. It's really about healing together in community. Bonjour. Hello. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. Miigwech for joining us. Native Lights is a place for Native folks to tell their stories and share their gifts and how they found their purpose. So just really great conversations, fascinating people from across Minnesota and related to Minnesota. So it is a great joy in my life. And here we are again today. How are you doing, Cole? I'm doing great. Uh, speaking of, you know, native voices and, and the native people in the community, we got to check out our uncle Steve Primo's you know, art exhibition at All My Relations Gallery, and that was really cool to see. He's transitioned to more, you know, digital style painting recently, so it was interesting seeing all the different types of mediums he works with, whether it be, you know, photography, uh, you know, painting and mm-hmm. digital painting. So it was great seeing all that. Oh, yeah, and his fabric designs. Yeah, fabric designs. He's done so much. You know, I'm used to seeing his work here and there, but then to have it all together at the exhibit was like, oh, he is prolific. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I knew it. I just couldn't sense it as much. I felt like I was really awkward. Like, I seriously went Mm -hmm. up to somebody and was like, hi, do you remember me? It's Leah. (laughs) (laughs) It's been two years. Out of practice, out of practice, for sure. <laughs> Even like, because quite a few guests from Native Lights were there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know, we met over Zoom, but I am Leah. <laughs> <laughs> this is me in real life. <laughs> I, fe- I felt really awkward, but it also felt really good to say hi to people. And yeah. it really put into perspective what we've gone through. In the last couple years of the pandemic with a lot of fear, a lot of adjustment and awkwardness now, especially now that decision making, you know, through the pandemic is so complex and everybody mm-hmm. has, you know, their perspective, but it is, it's a little stressful, but it's nice. So like, yeah. you know, how are we going to feel going forward? I mean, there's no real like before and after it feels like feels like it's just it feels like it's just hazy yeah you know gray so i'm thinking about healing i'm thinking mm-hmm. about what we've gone through kind of as a bit of an event a historic event and perhaps some trauma but what it means for us to heal and get together again and support one another so our guest today does a lot of work around culture and healing. Lindsay McMurrin is a citizen of the Leech Lake Nation of Ojibwe and is a descendant of the White Earth Nation. Lindsay is the current director of prevention initiatives and tribal project at FamilyWise Services. And also, notably, this is how I know her, is she and a couple other Anishinaabekwe have a podcast called Remembering Resilience. And I did a bit, a little bit of behind-the-scenes work um, 
for their latest season on that. And it's really wonderful. She and her co-hosts, Susan Bolio and Brianna Matrius, they just have really wonderful conversations about, I mean, the title says it all, Remembering Our Resilience, and around healing at the individual level, the community level, um, how culture plays a role, just really impactful conversations. And I really look forward to talking to her about it today and hearing more of what, what she is doing, how she got into it. So please welcome Lindsay McMurrin. Bonjour, Lindsay. Hello. Bonjour. How's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks we, for the invitation. <laughs> all right, Bonjour, Lindsay. Uh, could you please uh, you know, introduce yourself and where you're joining us from? Yeah. Sure. Um Buju Kol, Buju Lia, Nin Lindsay Indijnakaj, Jaganashimang, Kazagasquajimeakag, and Dunjiba, Dash Walker, and Da. So I am sitting in uh, my basement office freezing because again, northern Minnesota doesn't realize it's supposed to be spring. <laughs> sure doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so obnoxious, but <laughs> we live here yet every year. It feels like that, that, that pain, right? When everybody's just ready for the warmer weather. <laughs> it's fine. I'm grateful. It's, it's, um, it's cleansing. That's right. Right. Framing's important. It's a cleansing cold. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, besides, you know, the cold, uh, how are you and, you know, the family doing during uh, the pandemic? You know, um, so far, so good. Ups and downs, as everybody else, I think, can relate to as well. My kids are home this week for spring break. It's a throwback to last year, right, when they were home all the time, um, learning from, from distance learning, doing the work from home. Mm-hmm. I work from home, too, so it's always interesting, that interplay of taking care of my mom role as well as getting work done. I told them before coming down, okay, this is one where you can't interrupt mom. <laughs> one of those meetings. <laughs> yeah, good luck because I say that and sometimes I have to pause while my kid makes noise behind me. <laughs> right. Continue on. <laughs> Part of life, understandable for sure. <laughs> I like that we're a lot more accepting of the complications of family life and work life kind of overlapping. I think that one thing that working remotely, learning remotely has definitely helped, I think, is that more grace for ourselves and for others around those topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So within your work and your podcasting work, you work in healing and you are currently the Director of Prevention Initiatives and Tribal Projects at FamilyWise Services. So a lot going on. Yeah, but that is for sure. what's kind of at the top of your mind right now? What's What, what are you kicking around? Yeah, so um, this time of year, we're really gearing up for uh, to promote awareness around child abuse prevention. So I'm at FamilyWise Services, and we're home of Prevent Child Abuse Minnesota. Um, and really, the way that we approach this work is to create stronger, more supportive, more healthier communities that then in turn supports parents and caregivers, you know, by allowing them the support they need, the resources to create those kind of homes that we want for all all of our children, right? The ones where we know that um, we're not merely just surviving, but we're thriving. Um, We have what we need as individuals and as families um, to really shine our brightest, um, and so that really is, I think, 
what brought me into this work, that idea of approaching um, currently parenting adults um, as true partners in this larger work around promoting what we want to see and preventing um, challenges and hardships and adversities and traumas from occurring in the first place in our families and our communities. Excellent. Thank you. So, Lindsay, can you tell us a bit more about why this career specifically and what what's its meaning and connection to you? Like, was there something that happened that you were like, this is exactly what I want to do? Yeah, so um, it's kind of a roundabout story. I actually first entered in Love it. <laughs> as it usually is, right? <laughs> um, I attended uh, college at University of Minnesota Morris, and there I studied um, a cultural anthropology and American Indian studies. And it was so interesting. My family would say, okay, you know, first when I said anthropology, they're like, you're going to study insects? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, not insects. Anthropology, of course, is the study of culture of why people are the way they are. Um, and so they'd say, okay, well, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> and it's one of those questions that it's like, hmm, that's a really good question. I'm not sure I know how to answer that at this point. I'm just interested in it right, right. now. Right. <laughs> and, and I so fully believe in the idea of, right, follow your passion, follow what your interest is, and then you'll find your purpose in it. And that really has been my journey. Um, so mm-hmm. after college, um, had my first baby, moved back home, ended up entering into um, some AmeriCorps VISTA service that really interested me and prepared me to, to eventually enter the nonprofit world, which is where I find myself at now. Um, I started out doing some work in area schools with student leadership, um, Catholic Bina. I did some work here right home on my Leech Lake Reservation around, um, it was bullying prevention, but the way I wanted to approach it instead was student leadership, right? Because so often I think it helps to lead with what you want to see versus, you know, what you're fighting against. And what I really realized um, through that work was we're not, many of us, at least my age, my generation, we were never um, explicitly taught social emotional learning concepts, right? Like how to be in relationship with one another, how to handle conflict or stress in a healthy way. And that was really where I started um, expanding my own knowledge base around it, my own skill building around it. And believe me, I still get it wrong. Um, But that was kind of the start of that journey. It was through, um, you know, that engagement with student leaders that eventually kept changing and evolving. And I found myself um, with the opportunity to learn more about near science. So near science is an acronym. Um, It really began with, uh, you know, how many people have heard of adverse childhood experiences? Um, That was one of those things that was really starting to come out. I was working with the youth mentorship program at the time. And I was invited to come to a training about it. And what's interesting to me is that this was probably, gosh, 10, about 10 years ago, the very first time I heard people talk about adverse childhood experiences, right? So the adversities and traumas that we endure when we're um, children and how that impacts us um, on a lifelong level, I honestly didn't want a thing to do with it. I remember being an Indigenous woman sitting in that room with other professionals feeling smaller and smaller and smaller because I was like, my communities already know 
that we have huge struggles to overcome. Why are we sitting here listening to yet another thing, uh, another story of doom and gloom is how it felt to me at the beginning. Now, obviously, um, uh, my perspective on that has changed. And it's through this, this fancy acronym I already named at the beginning of near science. So I began to, to, to learn more from others. A few years down the road, I got to talk to more people about it. And it really was starting to evolve into this wider picture. It's just not just about ACEs. It's not just about the hardships we go through. So that's where I came in to this kind of larger field of study that brings together several different elements. It brings together neurobiology. So, you know, how toxic stress impacts our brains and bodies. Um, epigenetics, the idea of how uh, things that have happened in the past to our ancestors impact us intergenerationally. And then that adverse childhood experiences piece. And most importantly, resilience. That's what that R stands for in near science. So talking about the hopeful part. When I began to hear people talk about the hope in this work, that's what got me hooked. And so it was through that work that I started to, to learn more, became a trainer, and eventually ended up and landed it with the organization I'm with now, Family Wise Services. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, looking to the hope and and I really liked when you focused on leadership at the school as opposed to bullying prevention. Because, right, it's that, like, language and focus of what you focus on grows. Most definitely. Yeah, and so it's nice to see that, like, leadership thing. Because then you can see other students doing great things and um, be inspired. Exactly. Uh, as opposed to, like, putting a big red X over somebody's face and being like, don't be the bully. Right, right. (laughs) And so often the common thread throughout all this work that I've been talking about, you know, so often we see behavior we don't understand. And, you know, our our knee-jerk reaction is to say, what is wrong with you? You know, why would that person act that way? And, And rather than just coming at it from a judgmental lens, the shift that's been so monumental in my life is instead to ask ourselves, rather than what's wrong, ask what's happened, what's happened in that person's life, right? To, to help us understand why they might be reacting in the way that we're seeing. Um, and that's not to excuse, you know, behaviors, but more so for us to understand it so we can really get at the root cause of how to help. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Lindsay McMurrin, a citizen of the Leech Lake Nation of Ojibwe. She's the current Director of Prevention Initiatives and Tribal Projects at Family Wise Services. And Lindsay works to serve our communities in a culturally affirming way to promote truth-seeking, healing, and change. I've been listening, of course, to Remembering Resilience podcast that you are one of the hosts of. And I hear these themes come out that it, even if I'm like editing and like putting things together, I'm still hearing the message and like learning. And so it's really awesome to um, chat with you here and to every time I hear you talk, (laughs) I get a little something else um, through into my brain. But that's the thing. It's like, you need to be constantly reminded. Otherwise, we can switch into that, you know, comfy 
mode of being kind of um, pessimistic, maybe. Yeah. That's it. Well, and there's been so much overwhelming all of us over the last couple of years. It's understandable. Um, I'm, I'm a, mm-hmm. I am not a brain scientist, but I am a brain geek. I love to learn more about mm-hmm. it. So just as you were talking about that, you know, the more you hear something, the more robust neural connections you're forming in your brain. So the next time you hear it, it's reinforcing that neural connection, that pathway, making it stronger. And so I love repetition um, because, again, that's how you build those stronger connections. And we talk a lot about that in our work, too, because when you think about, you know, how all of our neural connections are experience dependent, that really helps us unravel then why childhood is such an important window in which we want to make sure that those neural connections being formed at that time are, are positive ones, are healthy ones, are reinforcing the kinds of caring relationships and environments um, that are really going to help to build build strong brains in the first place. Excellent. All right. So, Lindsay, could you uh, talk to us about the podcast, Remembering Resilience? How did it uh, come about? Yeah. So, interesting story full of that. Adaptation, like so much of the <laughs> themes I've been talking about today. Um, the project itself that Remembering Resilience um, comes out of uh, is that tribal near science project I mentioned. And, and what the whole movement was intended to be is really that grassroots, um, community-driven uh, agents of change um, to work within our communities. So back in about 2015, um, we began work with uh, the White Earth Band of Ojibwe and the Fond du Lac Band of Ojibwe, um, to launch this Tribal Near Science project. So our original idea for this work was to go out into community, uh, share a meal, share the information around near science, and then to sit and listen, right? To really listen to community wisdom, traditional knowledge. And so we got out into community and began doing that. Uh, Susan Bolio was the project director at that time. She joins us uh, as a co-host in both seasons one and two of Remembering Resilience. And what ended up happening was that every time we did a presentation somewhere, we'd have people come up and be like, we know other people who need to hear this message. Um, so through that community input, um, community members at White Earth approached us about perhaps getting some material ready for their local radio stations. Uh, and it was through that and kind of adaptation along the way that the idea of launching the Remembering Resilience podcast came about. So how did the name come about, Remembering Resilience? Yeah, language is so important, right? Um, so my colleague Susan Bolio is the one who first coined um, the, the title for the podcast. And she'll be quick to point out that, um, you know, our resilience is always within us. It's always there. It's always within our, our families and our communities. At times, though, because of historic influences, because of being kept from practicing our traditions historically that that sometimes it, um, she calls it that uh, maybe it, it was just sleeping, right? Waiting to be reawakened. And so when we began to think about the series and how to really frame it, um, we decided we would talk about uh, remembering resilience, right? It's not creating it from scratch. It's um, reconnecting with traditional wisdom, you know, knowledge from the community, um, and to really bring that forward in a good way. Yeah, and I think it really connects with the audience too, because when I think of remembering resilience, just backing up a little bit, you know, you mentioned there's ancestral trauma, historical trauma, 
adverse childhood experience trauma. You know, all this focus on the trauma part, but it is, it's through that that we have acquired incredible resilience. And again, that's looking at that more um, optimistic point while also recognizing um, what we've gone through. That's why I like that word resilience. Um, it's almost like we don't want to have to have it. Yes. <laughs> because it means that we've been through a lot. But you know what? At this point, we do. So, yes. Let's let's honor that and remember it. <laughs> yes, most definitely. That's one of the things that I always try to name when I'm working in community is that uh, mainstream society's idea of resilience often revolves around a per, an individual's ability to bounce back. Mm-hmm. That's problematic to me because mm-hmm. resilience uh, should not only rely on an in- individual, right? It's also about the systems they have to navigate. It's about the community which they live in. And so when we think of resilience only as an individual issue, then Mm. the onus of responsibility falls only on the shoulders of an individual. What we're really talking about though in in our framing is how it's about being able to navigate to, to resources within a community. It's about finding things that are culturally meaningful to an individual, to a family, um, to that 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 community system, and so again, we really use that that word in a specific context, and it's about um, mm-hmm. that broader picture, right, of being community minded um, rather than just individualistic when we're talking about it as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, there's so much packed into two words for the title of the show, and I also saw. I like that you guys are very aware of when resilience, using the word resilience, can be problematic. Um, I saw that the show shared a quote that said, instead of praising people for being resilient, change the systems that are making them vulnerable. I was just curious if you could just, you know, just elaborate more on that and how, and you discussed some of it already, but I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, oftentimes when I go out and I talk about this work, um, you know, primarily certainly our audience, uh, intended audience is our, our tribal communities. And we also realize that there are many helping professionals. There are many um, neighbors uh, and potential allies that, that need to expand their own understanding around these concepts as well. So that's where we bring in historical trauma. So often people don't understand why our communities are facing the issues they are today. And oftentimes, um, you know, certainly there is an individual component to it. However, when you take into consideration the policies and the systems and the, the, the different eras that were enacted upon us, both by the federal government as well as um, by our neighbors, it helps us to paint that clearer picture, right, about how... We didn't get here in a vacuum, um, and we also need community, uh, need those greater resources to be making changes as well um, in order for us to really see, to get back to that, that idea of thriving and not just merely surviving. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Lindsay McMurrin, Citizen of the Leech Lake Nation of Ojibwe, 
She is the current Director of Prevention Initiatives and Tribal Projects at FamilyWise Services. Lindsay works to serve our communities in a culturally affirming way to, to promote truth-seeking, healing, and change. The podcast, I know, handles a lot of difficult topics, you know, like trauma and addiction. How do you, how do you care for yourself as you address these important but tough, you know, issues? Yeah. So when I first started doing this work, I would often get that question um, from people and I didn't always know exactly how to answer it. And then it was um, a little further on in my own journey where I felt like it just dropped into my spirit that this is my healing work, right? Being able to help others understand these concepts and move through it is part of my own healing journey too. Now, that being said, there's been ups and downs myself, too, in just navigating all of the stressors um, that surround us. And I think being able to return to the idea of this truly being my purpose, um, that gives me strength. Um, and I think being able to put into practice um, what I'm advocating for other people to do uh, is always a good thing. Self-care has, um, again, mainstream society kind of has skewed that into being bubble baths and eating mm. too much chocolate <laughs> and drinking too much wine, right? Yeah, and, Parks um, and Rec, I remember, <laughs> had a nice one where they all just buy a bunch of stuff, get <laughs> massages and all that stuff. Right? <laughs> and that's not practical for most of us. And honestly, in many ways, not very healthy uh, in many aspects too. Yeah. <laughs> and so instead, the framing that really resonates with me was when I realized that Self-care is an obligation because when I take care of myself, I'm able to take care of others um, better in a good way. And so that has really been that, um, that uh, touch point that I return to when I'm struggling as well is to remember to slow down and to take time um, because self-care really is community care. So as we wrap up, any final thoughts uh, you'd like to share before we say Gikawabaman? One thing I want to emphasize is that I know we've spent a lot of this time, and we do talk about quite a bit in the podcast, talking about the traumas that our communities, that our individuals, our families have endured. However, we cannot emphasize enough that this work really is about our resilience through and beyond trauma, right? About how we can continue not merely just to survive, but to thrive, and how we can bring all of our relatives along on that journey, right? It's really about healing together in community. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Yeah. Miigwech. Chimigwech. I, I really enjoy hearing what you have to say. And again, um, podcasts is wherever you get your podcasts, <laughs> just search out Remembering Resilience, and we'll have the website and we have the website posted to our show notes and uh, minnesotanativenews.org as well. Mm -hmm. Great to be here. Thank you both um, for your time. I loved her approach to, you know, bullying when she was talking about that. And instead of, you know, just looking at bullying, she was looking at student, student leadership and emphasizing that. And then also with, with trauma and not just you know, aiming for the symptoms of trauma, but also looking at what are the causes, the, the deep-rooted causes, and looking at the history of that. Right, right. And that's that's where the hope is. So, miigwech, Lindsay McMurrin, citizen of the Leech Lake Nation of Ojibwe, 
currently the Director of Prevention Initiatives and Tribal Projects at FamilyWise Services. Lindsay works to serve our communities in a culturally affirming way, promoting truth-seeking, healing, and change. I'm Leah Lem. And I'm Cole Primo. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabman. Gigawabman. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. <laughs>